welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation. Uh, this episode, we'll be talking about the latest FC Dallas COVID-19 outbreak, as well as a given a full preview of the MLS is back tournament scheduled to start on July 8th. So lots of lots to talk about, and we've got a full panel here to talk about it. First up is Jonathan Ross. How's it going, Jonathan? Uh, MLS is back, man. I mean, uh, you can tell the excitement. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, to 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 a little bit of soccer, and you know, I'm uh, I'm really excited that we've got two guests today. This Tristan Vig guy, who I think he used to be on the pod or something. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's no, it's 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 it is good to be talking uh, a little FC Dallas and MLS. So. As always, Dustin. Yeah. And as you mentioned, joining us for the first time since the world shut down is uh, one of the co-founder of the Dallas Soccer Show, Tristan Vick. How's it going, Tristan? I did pre- predict that the world would shut down on the last time I was on the pod. So just an FYI to everyone listening, whatever I say might happen. You, If there's betting odds in Vegas, you might want to go make a bet or two. So. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, and phoning in from the parking lot of Aldi Field in the nation's capital is Cheyenne Foster. Welcome to the show, Cheyenne. It's me, um, and you it's definitely you. shouldn't have taken any of my advice on how the season was going to go because as of today, I have canceled six soccer-specific trips this year. I was anticipating Ouch. a full season, so it's just been one slap in the face after the other. Man. Well, the, Where were you going to go? That's what I was going to say. The fact that you were already going to have six, that's pretty impressive. I know. So Nashville, because D.C. United is going to play Nashville. Um, this weekend I was supposed to be in Atlanta because D.C. was going to play Atlanta on 4th of July. Um, I was going to go up to Boston. I want to say that was maybe Memorial Day weekend. Um, what else did I have? I had tickets and plans to go to the All-Star game to do some actual work for it. What is that, three or four? Columbus is a trip I always take because for some reason I really, really like that town. And then Cincinnati was easy. It's so easy to fly um, to either one of those cities and drive if you feel like going through the uh, rolling hills and and mountains of West Virginia. But, (laughs) yeah, now I'm not doing anything, so... None, none of us are, except for maybe some MLS folks heading down to the MLS bubble. Um, let's start off with some FC Dallas news. Uh, it sounds like there's a wee bit of an outbreak in the FC Dallas camp. Uh, three yesterday. This is Thursday. Yesterday, three more players tested positive and a coach. Um, so uh, that brings the total up to 12 total and 10 active. Uh, cases. You know it's good when you have to you have to timestamp your report because you never you never know. (laughs) Yeah, it is Thursday night of July second. Yeah, it's 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 eight thirty. So before the next time this drops, oh for sure. Yeah, I think we were planning the show last night and we got uh, the the news of the new outbreak dropped while we were discussing yesterday's outbreak. So by the time the show ends, who knows what's going to happen? Just everyone have a moment of silence so we can add the added news the breaking news (laughs) for the people who will be confirmed tomorrow (laughs) exactly added in post (laughs) moment of silence for sure yeah so the i mean i guess the good news is that all the ones all the cases that i've heard about have been asymptomatic um so that is obviously good news but uh, uh, you know 
Same time. But they left. Hmm? They've left. They've, the, they're not there anymore. They put oh, they them in... left the tournament officially, or you mean they left the bubble? They, they've left the bubble. Uh, Lucci today said the number one priority is to get these guys recovered and back with their families eventually. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? So they didn't just put them in the isolation? Because that's what the official line was. So in the, go in, in. Yeah, if, you, if you've heard the NBA stories, too, people have to kind of make a no-go or go decision right now, too. Um, for their bubble, which is in like 30 days. And um, if you've tested positive at like this week, like you're basically, you can't go. So yeah, they're out like completely. So we're already, there are, they're going to have to get some North Texas SC players, I think, to fill in the gaps. But that's what Lucci said on uh, local radio today. Very interesting. Yeah. He it's also, like I, I, if I remember, he seemed really um, kind of concerned. I guess his voice didn't sound as as uh, I guess concerned is the right word. He didn't. He seemed a little bit concerned as to whether or not Dallas was officially either going to start or partic- participate at all. I think it's right. better to be conservative when people are asking you those questions. But yeah, it still makes me wonder. I think he's. I think he's saying like right now it's still scheduled, but. It, Right now, it, like playing the game is not the most important thing, and so right. he's leaving himself open to canceling. Which, like Lucci, Lucci's like that. He's a pretty, he's gonna shoot you straight. He's not. Um, there's no party line or anything that he's gonna tow. So, I mean, I sure hope they play. I hope they are able to bring in some players from the academy or from NTX SC. Probably not the academy for liability reasons. They have to get professionals, but um, I mean, you can still build a squad with the players they have. But as we've seen in other leagues, having four additional players test positive yesterday really makes it likely that the depth's going to get tested on game one because of the injury situation. Because players, muscle injuries, um, just tons of you've seen it in every major league that's restarted that the first game or two back people get hurt so the depth's going to be big yeah i think so i saw uh buzz buzz carrick who's been all over this store story over at third degree so make sure you're you are paying attention there they they've been on top of this story from day one uh but i think he mentioned that there are 19 outfield players available right now that have not tested positive so, um, you know, that's 11 starters and, and eight backups, and that's people from all up and down the depth chart. Um, so definitely could could get interesting. I think I think they, they can – right now they could probably fill a full squad, but as soon as, as, soon as like you said, injuries mm-hmm. or if anybody else tests, tests, tests positive, uh, then, yeah, I think it's uh, – it's time to either call it or bring somebody in. Yeah, and I think the positions that of whoever those people would be, right, would have a big impact too, right? So uh, obviously FC Dallas is already not very deep at, for example, center back, right? They've really got three center backs, maybe four, right? But three kind of MLS starting quality. Um, so, you know, there's some areas where I think FC Dallas could withstand a couple of pairs out, but then there's others that they couldn't. So, um, 
until we see the official list of names. I know I think some of us have maybe seen some unofficial lists, but officially, no, right? So, um, get- yeah, Cheyenne, what about um, DC United? Have they had any any news breaking about them? We had one confirmed case, I want to say a week ago, and it was very quietly handled, especially because it was before everyone went to the bubble or before people started congregating in Orlando. Um, And there was some concern, but it helped, one, that the news didn't get out who it was. Um, And the team has been pretty good about communicating um, what's going on. I, I started to try to Nancy Drew my way through who I thought it might be based on what players were saying on social media. Um, Bill Hamid has been pretty vocal saying, look, we're all adults and can handle this. Um, don't impose such strict rules on us during a time where our, our minds are already in a certain place having to deal with, um, a turn as like such a weird tournament scenario or, or a, a weird professional setting. Um, so I know it's not him, but I got about, I don't know, halfway through the squad and I thought, you know, just calm down. There's going to be so much other drama, <laughs> so much <laughs> other drama to worry about. And I actually, speaking of drama, I don't know, I'm not going to say, I don't know how reputable it is, but this Twitter account called MLS is back insider. It's at MLS COVID cup mysteriously popped up, um, obviously in the past maybe week or so. And they've been tweeting first that whole, um, sandwich debacle. Sandwich right. gate. Yep. Yeah. Which I don't even want to mention because we're better than that news. There's so much other news. Um, but they, they confirmed that someone from the crew confirmed positive today they were talking about Dallas, yada, yada, yada. But what I did find most interesting was of the six people that they're following, they are following Ja Rule and the Fire Festival account. So I think that they are like ready for it to be terrible. They're just like stirring the pot, waiting for waiting for something else to come up. So Yeah, and I've seen that crew news on a couple of other places too, other than that one, but yeah. Right, right. Cool. All right. Well, we will, you know, you you can follow us on social media at Dallas Soccer Show. We'll make sure anything we hear, we'll pass along and and retweet anything we see. Uh, So if you are interested in in the FC Dallas news, make sure to to check us out there. Um, Let's go ahead and let's talk about the tournament itself. Well, I I was going to say I was excited enough for the tournament that I have created my own bracket and I'm trying to figure out what to reward the uh, the handful of people that participate if they get it right. Mostly because I miss Fantasy League so much. And I want to be rewarded for paying attention. So um, that creating that and kind of figuring out what I imagine it will look like or what a tiebreaker, possible tiebreaker would look like. I'm hoping we see someone other than the usual suspects in the final one and two. I hope to see a lot of goals. I think you'll see a lot of scoring, a lot of scoring. It's, I mean, you've seen in like lopsided matches too. I think you'll see some three nils, four nils, four ones. Just I'm good with that. Yeah. Some teams (laughs) have their act together and some teams don't. And it's kind of a, 
I don't know. I think it's been kind of a disparity in terms of who's been able to practice and how much and what type of practice. So now who's that going to be? I have no idea, <laughs> but I know yeah. it's going to happen. <laughs> There's right. going to be some massive disparity in some of these matchups. Well, I hate to call it this, but uh, Dustin, you can start with the rules of this bastardized World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That is a that's a funny. It's the Euros term. we don't deserve. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's like some sort of pun in there somewhere that we could find out and, and hashtag. But uh, all right, so the uh, the dates July 8th through August 11th. The f- the first game will be on July 8th and the final will be on August 11th. Um, there's going to be a group stage and a, a knockout round that will consist of the um, first and second place team from each group. And then a conglomeration of like the next best teams that are played third, unless they're in the group of four. And then the fourth place team gets a chance to also move on. If, if uh, in order to make that group a little fair, um, the groups are have have four. There's a four teams in them, except for one that has five, and that's um, six. That is six, six, six. And yeah, that's the one. That's the one that gets the extra uh, the extra birth to potentially. Yes, and that's group if, A. Yeah, if that fourth team is equivalent to another third team, right? I think they're counting that fourth team as a as a third seed, basically, in the tiebreaker. Right. Um, so each team will play three group stage matches over over the, the course of 16 days. So three games in 16 days. Um, and the the tiebreakers are going to be the same as they are in, North, uh, in regular season play. So points, goal differential, goals scored, uh, and fewest discipline, like the fair play rules or fair play points. So... Um, and then after that, they'll go on to a knockout stage, uh, and there's a bracket and everything as Cheyenne was talking about. And I think there's some interesting things at stake here. It's not just some, some tournament that's going to be played and then we'll go about the regular season. Um, each, each group stage game actually counts for regular season points for 2020 and the winner of the whole enchilada is is going to get a CONCACAF Champions League berth for uh 2021. So lots at stake there for the winner. And then the players actually have something uh at stake if if the t- their team wins, I think they get to I think there's about a million million point 0.1 uh somewhere in their prize pool. They're going to take and diverse uh, split up um, amongst the team. So uh, you know some some incentives there for the team. What do you guys? What are you guys' thoughts on the whole format, Tristan? Um, I mean, I think the format's fine. I think that the group with six teams is kind of penalized a little bit because, like, they have to play. I'm assuming it's still round robin. They have to play five matches versus the other teams that only have to play three. Um, so when you get, it says each team will play three group stages, stage matches over the course of 16 days. So who gets to play inter Miami the most in Nashville, whoever gets that draw with Orlando, (laughs) 
Like <laughs> they're in. That's there's your preview. Like they're the top of the group for Group A in the East because that's that's just cheating. Like if NYCFC doesn't have like a full like I don't know how nine points coming out of their group, like they're underachieving. Um, because yeah, those teams are yikes. Um, but I think the format's fine. I disagree. I don't understand. Like, I guess this is the whole question mark, right? Like they're doing the best they can with the information they have. And the fact that it's going to count towards regular season points kind of bothers me because I think that instead of it counting towards regular season points, they should say it might count towards that, but they should also, and maybe they'll do this, but like if like Dallas hasn't, I think we've played um, Vancouver at home and the most recent match was, was that Vancouver before they canceled the season or was it San Jose? Um, uh, Dallas has played Philadelphia and uh could, it's been so long. I know we went to it. It was right before they shut down Texas, and like the first weekend of March. Come on, Maxi Arudi scored two dirty goals. Okay, it was yeah, Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because Henri was here. Yeah, yeah, yep. Thierry. So <laughs> never mind. Um, but what they should do is they should use those as like the way to say, okay, this team has played the other team, and potentially if they have to start canceling and condensing the season then they could use those as substitute games. Now, in terms of, it looks like they have sponsor money behind it because they can't announce a $1.1 million um, uh, prize pool without sponsorship money. So in that case, I would say just play the games as much as you can. What sucks from an FC Dallas perspective is I really don't think they're going to play. Like, um, I, I, I'll find it really hard for the team to actually say, like, yeah, let's go play soccer. Um, when they've had such, um, I mean, they've had so many cases of COVID ripped through the team. Um, for perspective, this would be the equivalent of, I think it'd be like 35% of an NFL team testing positive the week before like the preseason or week before the season starts. Like that type of a situation is, they're not going to play, right? So if that's the case, I hate Eastern Western Conference because they're all in the same bubble anyways. So they should just move one of the teams from Group A and replace FC Dallas and just have one group of five. Um, but if FC Dallas does play, I think FC Dallas has a chance against Vancouver and San Jose to get three points. Um, they've played very well against both of those teams in the past. Um Seattle Sounders are a really good tournament team, right? So assuming uh, Morris and uh, Raul Riez uh, don't get um, on a hot streak, which that can happen, right? Like Morris is notorious for going on hot and cold streaks. Um, I think the FC Dallas could could get a draw from there. There is no like Seattle home crowd advantage to playing them, which is always a huge factor. Um, but that being said, if FC Dallas actually is able to field like a competitive team with Paxton running the show, I could see FC Dallas actually getting a few points, right? Um, that's assuming, I mean, Paxton's going to get hurt. Like, I don't think he listens to the pod, but if he did, um, he would he would feel a little aggrieved. But he's always been somebody that can't go the full 90 
Um, and so is always guaranteed to at least get pulled or be a substitute, right? But in this case, I think he's going to have to start and go like 75. Um, I like so, I like some of the groups here. I think that if I, I read a report that LAFC is not going to have Vela, which is going to be a huge deal, right? Like imagine all this amazing buildup play and then they're like, oh, wait, who shoots, right? Like they don't know because um, there's no Vela. So I, I think that Group F is going to be fun to watch. And Group D is going to have some decent matchups. I think Minnesota is someone to watch as far as a dark horse goes. Um, and then I won't go into the East, but the East looks like there's going to be some really big dominating teams in the group stages. And then when they get to the knockouts, that's when the real competition starts. I will say from a format perspective, I know that it was, uh, that there was speculation that this was rigged, but I do think that the draw was actually, um, pretty coincidentally, uh, or coincidental and amazing, um, just because it kind of already creates some of these rivalries that we've known to expect in the regular season. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right, Tristan. I think with Vela being um, expected to be out and then Dos Santos, they just announced would be out with an injury. When I think of um, a lot of these teams in their first two games, some some teams, both East and West, have are notorious for not picking up or... Um, working together cohesively until about halfway through the season. And you, you start seeing July and August um, breakouts among both players and squads as a whole. But I think when you're thinking about a, a tournament like this, having only seen for some of these guys, two games together. And then for teams like Montreal or Atlanta, where they've played CONCACAF Champions League together or guys who have had their whole starting lineup during preseason. Um, Some of the things that I've thought about is the teams I feel like will fare best are the ones whose rosters have stayed largely the same from 2019 to 2020 who had success in 2019. So for example, the group B that Dallas is in San Jose's team has largely stayed the same from 2019, but they weren't necessarily super successful last year. Um, I do see them playing better because of that. And it really depends on um, another thing that I've thought of is it really depends on individual players. So it, it depends on if Jordan Morris shows up for Seattle, you're right, Tristan, or, Um, or if guys are willing to kind of push through the fact that they haven't had time with teammates to just do their thing anyway and rely on whether or not they kept their own fitness up during quarantine. So as much of a chaotic mess. So whoever has the best Instagram workout, like clips, (laughs) that's what we're going off of, I think. I mean, that's not a bad shout. I'm just saying, like, that actually, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because what the last video I posted was me doing this workout that Zach Steffen, who used to play for Columbus Crew, did. And I was anticipating it being super easy when I looked at it. It ended up being kind of hard, but I still finished it and um, felt like I could do it again pretty easily. And some of these workouts I've watched and thought, is that what, is that what y'all are doing? As professional athletes, am I missing something? Um, 
which is not to say they're not doing major work. But again, you're missing out on so much of the resources that that you would get during a normal season or even during preseason by hanging out in um, in your backyard. They couldn't um, or use just, a. We we interviewed Jimmy Maurer like midway through the lockout or lockdown in Texas in like April, and like yeah, he couldn't use a gym. He's like, I have to find a wall to practice catching, and like reflexes. Yeah. It's so yeah. I mean, the people. It's I kind of. I mean, I made a joke that the Hunts, the team, that, the family that owns the FC Dallas, skimped on like PPE and stuff, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's that like some of the players just have like too much other things going on in their lives that they like can't buy certain things to make it easier to work on at home. Whereas like the younger like DPs from other play other teams are able to kind of have a home gym or something. And so they're they're probably better fit for this. Well, and this is a larger conversation about MLS versus other sports. Um, But think about another athlete for a notorious Texas team, Ezekiel Elliott, when he was suspended for the Cowboys, where was he hanging out in Mexico, like in this beautiful uh, private resort doing his own private workouts. And I watch some of these guys and I love hearing the stories about the glow up of Major League Soccer. But what has quarantine shown us more than anything else, um, the way that celebrities and professional athletes live and it, there's there's a lot that still hasn't changed, and especially for some of these uh, young players that we consider very valuable to the team, but are like making the same salary I make, um, who don't have access to those resources um, and are not not necessarily mature enough to to push themselves to the same um, edge or to the limit that I think uh, an adult or a coach or a trainer would. Is what I anticipate. That and the Orlando Heat. I mean, God bless them all. It's going to be miserable. <laughs> and that's going to be one of Dallas's uh, best advantages going in. For is is all the people they're playing against will have you know, no idea what uh, how, how to deal with that humidity. And I'm not going to lie. I don't even think Orlando City will probably fare well. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. That's an interesting point, Chan. I hadn't thought about the roster turnover piece because really. These are teams going into preseason matches that count for something, right? Because they, they haven't they haven't played together in months, really. Um, and so, having a team that hasn't had a lot of turnover, I could see that being a pretty significant uh, advantage for for those teams. Especially because yeah, you have to rely on instinct and mm-hmm. like that connection, those connections, and and the you know the subconscious. Uh, knowing where your teammates are going to be uh, just without having to have that trained into you. And then realizing yeah. they were two steps behind because their fitness is low. I mean, <laughs> I think it's going to be really, I think the teams that might do really well, um, it might be an actually easy way to analyze some of these groups is look at who, um, who the best set, like teams that convert from set pieces from last season and see what, which key contributors are still around because, um, We've seen, I mean, the seasons for some of the other leagues have kind of, kind of been like five or six games in now, but initially in like Germany and stuff, they were like a lot of the set pieces were really key, and then just like pure individual skill was outclassing people, and so I'd be interested to see like after next week, after the first round, how set pieces play into this because FC Dallas has been decent from corners. 
Um, but we also typically concede really silly free kicks and end up losing three points for one point. And so I could see that being a vulnerability as well. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. Cause that's something you can train for without like hardly without with like, while simulating like a real time game environment. So do you think that this will be an opportunity for some of the teams that have some of the bigger name stars that are like world-class players like uh, LA Galaxy's got Chicharito and, you know, the players like that to be able to, to shine and show their quality over um, some of the other teams that rely on more of a team-based approach? It's funny you say that because Rooney's not around anymore, but one of the big things that they said about Wayne Rooney at DC United was – he was one of those guys that can just walk onto a squad and his, obviously his style of play, you're not expecting it to change, but he still, he elevate, elevated the team um, and was still able to bang out some, some really awesome m- moments that we remember from the year and a half that he was there. And it's because he's always Like a expected- red card against FC Dallas? <laughs> I was at that that game. I was at that game. Oh, man. That was last 4th of July. It was. was, That's almost a year ago today. Man, I did did not forget that. Um, That was in a really annoying game. Um, And I I think about those kinds of games. And to me, you mentioned this earlier, Tristan, the um, Miami maybe not being great, being an expansion team, being very new. I their two games have been these like oh man if X Y and Z happened they would have won. Um, Roman Torres got a red card in their second game against DC United at Audi Fields, and I actually I I assume maybe that would mean he would be out for the first game. I don't I can't remember if they played a game after that. That's that's a conversation for another time, but. There are so many of these um, games. Chicharito, for example, he didn't play terribly well in LA Galaxy's debut against Houston, and Houston actually looked like a viable soccer team that first game and then went on to lose, what, 4-0 to Sporting Kansas City. So you will see guys like him, like what is his name, Uh, Pizarro from Miami. I'm terrible with names, but I can see faces, and especially if they're cute, I can see faces. But <laughs> they'll they'll bring their signature style, and there will be moments where they make an impact, and you'll uh, I think you'll see that too when everyone's collective fitness is maybe um, a step down. You've already seen it in the NWSL. Um, like Washington Spirit had an amazing first game, not so great second game, but Rose Lavelle was still like 100% the whole time. Um, whether or not that makes an impact on the game overall is questionable. But yeah, that was one thing I, I knew about Wayne Rooney is I thought you're just coming from a different level of soccer. And even though that may not be able to transform an entire team, it is obvious uh, that you are bringing something uh, something to the table. So yeah, I think this is, this is going to be like a, to me, I will be paying more attention to individual players, which is why when I'm thinking about predictions, I think Montreal might actually do a really good job because of how well Maxi Rudy has done so far. Um, Atlanta might really suffer because Joseph Martinez won't be there. Um, 
And but then I think about teams like Colorado has actually started started the season really, really well. Do I take that into account when I think about their overall season or do I remember that they're the Colorado Rapids and are going to somehow <laughs> fail out? Like that's it's difficult because then you, again, add all of these factors and um, global pandemic, unprecedented times, yada, yada, yada. So I don't know. I'm not. This is why I'm not a betting woman. <laughs> I mean, the the Rapids did have the plague at their stadium for a while, right? And the Gophers or something. Oh yeah, the Groundhogs. Oh, I wish, I wish for that time. Bring it back. I'll <laughs> yeah, take that every single week. Who, please? That was that was the the best time compared you to. You guys all remember this. when we thought we might have it not have a season because of the CBA? That was cute. Oh yeah, all of that stuff seems just so so trivial now. Um, and it, again, I like that we're having this conversation when I feel like the, uh, the loud, but small group of people that hang out on Twitter are just begging for this thing to be canceled. Um, but I mean, this is, it, it is truly going to be something you will never, ever forget and something that I will be paying very close attention to. And we also haven't talked about the fact that these games are happening at the weirdest hours, like like Weird like eight a.m. on a Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played the only times I've ever played soccer at Disney World at their ESPN complex when I was in high school. We're at like eight a.m. eight a.m. games. That's personally all I know. Right. But these guys, I guarantee you, will never ever play a game at this time in their professional careers again. No, that's interesting. Yeah, we, I think we talked about last last episode, Jonathan, you and I talked about how the teams who have players who have played in the Development Academy and have the Development Academy tournament there in Orlando um, and are used to competitive games in a kind of like not a stadium atmosphere um, might have some sort of advantage as well. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, definitely a w- really weird uh, scenario and something we're not going to forget and we're going to be paying attention to, but what, um, let's go around the table and, and let's, let's talk about maybe some groups that you're going to be really keyed in on. Um, and you really want to watch besides, you know, Tristan and Jonathan and I watching group B with FC Dallas. Um, so, so Jonathan, what group besides group B, um, besides group B, you know, that's assuming that group B even happens, but yeah. Um, I mean, let me, I have to <laughs> go on a big on. assumption for this entire episode is oh, that we're ex- going to have a tournament. Everybody's not even it. there. So that's a fair, <laughs> what? No, it's true. And that's it. Well, on the group, just real quick. I mean, I that I think that one of the big things I, mean, I do actually have, um, Seattle and FC Dallas coming out of that group, even, even now, but it's really going to depend on whether or not, FC Dallas gets to practice any before that Vancouver game, or if that Vancouver game gets delayed, you know, if they adjust the schedule somewhat. Um, so let's just, so in case you haven't heard, just let's, let's, let's take a step back. Uh, group B is Seattle, Dallas, Vancouver, and San Jose. For those who aren't just looking at it on their screen, like I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think that the, the other one that's to me the most interesting is kind of group F, which would be, you know, the two, the two LAs, right. Um, you know, bringing back their rivalry from last year, right. Which was, uh, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it'll be interesting this year. Obviously there's, um, but, well in this tournament, there could be, you know, key players missing on both of those, uh, both those teams. 
Um, and then, of course, you know, Houston Dynamo, who we always uh, have to root to, to, to fail, and Portland isn't that much higher on that. So uh, on, on my list of, 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 uh, of teams to root for. So, I mean, to me, Group F is probably the, the one that I'm going to watch the most, and it's really because of those two L.A.s. Yeah, it is a it is a um, West Coast group. We've got uh, LAFC, LA Galaxy, uh, and then I guess San Jose East, San Jose East, and Portland. That's a San Jose joke. East. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just want to point out that Dustin's been following FC Dallas for maybe eighteen months. Maybe twenty four months, and he's trying cool. to make. I was like, this pod been like going like three years. For like Wait a years. second. I thought Houston was an East Coast team. What truth are we uncovering here? What's the gossip? Dustin's the audio guy who likes soccer, but he was like, "Hey, Tristan, I'm his brother in law. How do we like go see FC Dallas or whatever?" And I've been watching them since like 2014, like opening day of 14 i've only lived in frisco since 13 so it's like tristan's the one that knows them apparently but dustin was like oh let's check it and so he starts doing the podcast and he has more time than me or like is better at making time which means he communicates <laughs> better with his wife than i do <laughs> so we both have three kids but like only one of us looks like i haven't seen the sun in months and that's me but it's oh that I didn't I was expecting you to say Dustin there. No 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 <laughs> he just doesn't shave. He just doesn't shave. Yeah, I was no, gonna say no. one of y'all's beards is bigger than the other, and you're also wearing a hat. I assume to cover up your hair. No no no, it's him. But <laughs> um, no, that's why it's funny that he makes that joke because like I have no idea what Houston East means. I mean, I get it; they moved, but like, yeah, it's funny. I, I would but say the, the good news, Tristan, though, is that D- Dustin has the edit button. So like this whole conversation is just yep. going to magically disappear when the pod gets recorded. Yeah, Dustin selectively edits these things. Yeah. So um, this could be like a 10 minute episode um, <laughs> if he has his I way. hope it's all my voice. That's right. I, there you go. Um, It'd probably be a better podcast then. <laughs> no, I mean, like if you look at the previews, I, I think that LA Galaxy is like, a good shout, but I think you're going to want to look at the teams that have younger players and that have a deep academy bench. I think the academy is going to benefit FC Dallas. I know we've had some academy players confirmed as players that are having to withdraw because they tested positive for coronavirus, but like that's a good point to make about like weird times of the day playing constantly right? Like a game every three days is not normal. Um, so teams that have depth and teams that have younger players that are able to actually, um, keep up with that type of a schedule, um, will definitely do well. I don't think Portland's going to, I think Portland's going to be kind of exposed here. Um, in, in group F I would, I would expect one of the two LAFC teams to top that group. And then, Probably the other one, even without Vela and Dos Santos to come through. Um, that that being said, uh, I think you got to look at the Rapids. They've been playing well. They probably want to take some momentum into the season. And last year, like they were a joke in MLS in terms of like they would have these really good results and they just go on this massive 
downfall in form. So they probably feel like they have a lot to prove. Um, assuming the West Coast teams actually come to Florida, because I don't think any of them are actually there yet. Um, I don't think either LAs get there until Monday the 6th. Like, yeah, they're like waiting right till the end. So That's like when I wait to confirm the guest list of a party before I show up, and even then I'm showing up yeah. like two hours late. You're like, okay, place the order. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine, I'll come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But on the east side, I mean, I think it's a pretty open bag in the east just due to, I mean, like you said, individual talent does go a long way in this. In this, I mean, one of the great things that I loved about last season was having LA Galaxy games were must-watch TV because of Zlatan. Like, Zlatan's one of those players that can instantly impact a team just by him being on the field. And like to this day, I still watch Milan games just because he's on that team. And when he's in the on the field, like you, you want to know what's going to happen. And you'll tune in for ten minutes, and he'll score a goal, and you're like, "Wow, he completely changed the team just by being there." So, um, finding out who that next player is will be fun to watch on the East. Um, I think the Montreal Impact will be good. I, I definitely give them a little bit of a advantage. I give all the Canadian teams a little bit of an advantage just because Canada has gotten its act together and they've been able to do things a little bit more openly than in America. Um, so that'll be kind of interesting to see the difference between the Canadian teams um, and the Americans. Uh, DC United, I can't speak to them. I'll let you do that, Cheyenne, but I, I am expecting... Um, I am expecting that to be a tough group for them to get out of uh, just due to uh, Montreal playing well and Toronto also having a pretty strong just backbone to the team that they consistently have relied on in the past. So, Yeah, um, I don't – do you guys have any more thoughts about the West? I mean, I could give you – I definitely think Seattle's going to make it out of y'all's group. I would give – I mean, given all that we just talked about with Dallas, I I would honestly give San Jose the second spot over Dallas at this point. Um, and I, everyone knows this. I am a that's, that's Chris fair. Wondolowski fan. Mm-hmm. I'm no! Tristan, calm down. <laughs> He's the, the best pod. in the league. <laughs> <laughs> but again, individual performances. The guy doesn't do a ton of, like, up and down the field running, he cherry picks, and you can cherry pick in the Orlando Heat yep. and just bank on uh, a tired defense and and uh, take it from there. I think I honestly give I give them more credit than I think maybe most people would, but it's really hit or miss for their team, and it's less hit or miss and maybe more um, of a shot for them with Dallas going through all the things that they're going through. No, I agree. I think uh, before all of this, um, these positive res- test results came back. I, I think, I think for me, Dallas would have been a lock to get on out. But uh, I mean, I'm, we don't have a goalkeeper. Well, we have Jimmy Maurer, who played in USL like two years ago. And we got ago. Kyle Zobeck, dude. Kyle Zobeck is the goat. Yeah, I I think that people are underestimating how good Jesse has been for us the past year. And the fact that Jesse is not playing in this tournament for a variety of reasons uh, is really going to hurt us. I mean, 
I'm a, I follow Arsenal and like not having our first team goalkeeper was really scary, but like our backups really stepped up. So if Jimmy plays well, great. But if Jimmy starts dipping in form and reverting back to the mean, right? Like you don't go, Jimmy's like 32, 31. You don't play your first season in MLS as a starter seven years into your career for no reason. You, you realize he started like half the games in 2018, right? Yeah, but then he got pulled. Agreed. Yes. No, so, I, no, I do think Jimmy's a starting starting caliber uh, keeper for MLS. Uh, obviously, it's disappointing that, that Jesse's gone, right? But I think we all understand that. Um, so I, I, I think Jimmy will be fine. But I guess we'll see. So to answer your question, Cheyenne, about like what what else we have to say about the West, I'd like to say, um, I, I think the easy one, the easy West Western Conference group to look at is F. Um, it's the one that pulls your eyes with those two LAFC teams. But Group D, and you kind of talked about it with Colorado, and it's that that Group D has Salt Lake City, um, sorry, Real Salt Lake. Sporting Kansas City, uh, yep. Colorado, and Minnesota, and like that's a for me that's a t- bunch of teams that are like good, but not one that's like a fantastic team. And then yeah. one you wouldn't say, hey, this is one of the top tier teams, but they're all they're this season they've all got positives and things going their way, and it it'll be interesting. Like that's I think that's probably one of the ones that's going to be the hardest to call who's going to come out of it. And so for me, I'll be watching that one um, other than Group B. I'll be watching that one to see kind of how how those teams shake out <clears throat> as, as, they, um, as they go throughout the group stage. Right. That's actually of the West, the group that I'm most looking forward to. Um, I think Sporting Kansas City has picked up some uh, not big, yeah, big names, um, but some dynamic attacking players. Um, and like I said, they crush – Houston Dynamo 4-0, their second game of the season. But they've all gone through a very interesting shift. Um, Real Salt Lake is their first season without Nick Romando. Minnesota United will be without Ike Opara. Yep. Um, and Mike, Mike Petke too, right, for Salt Lake? That's true. That's the, true. Yeah. Um, and then they've also, Salt Lake got Justin Miram, who I haven't seen much of, unfortunately, um, this season, but he just spent an entire year in Orlando. Well, Orlando, Atlanta, in the South. Um, what can he contribute at a time where he's accustomed to that climate? Um, but what does he do for that team is, I guess, the question. How does he mesh with the people there? It's There's always these, oh, what could, what could come of this? Is it going to be a positive thing for these teams, or is it going to be a negative thing? Um, just the shift in lineups, the change in identity. Um, like I said, for Colorado, are they going to be able to shake the opinion that everyone has of them? Um, but I mean, they were our first game of the season and they outworked us in the most embarrassing way. Um, and I honestly was expecting that to be a nice uh, game winner. But they also, speaking of keepers, first season um without tim howard who they had spent a ton of money on so that that shift um in financial allocation and the the ability to do something with it 
will be a larger conversation for Colorado going forward, but for the tournament, I'm just interested to see if they do can do what they did for the start of the season. So it's this is such a dumb I'm gonna say it anyway, this is such a dumb way to describe it in my mind, but in the few times I played like Mario Kart when I was younger, all of those bars that say like agility or speed or whatever, strength. I wanted all of the levels to be kind of the same because I wanted a well-rounded performer. Why I chose Toad at the end of the day, I have no idea. I thought he was like the most well-rounded. But when I think of groups, I think honestly, Group D with Salt Lake, Kansas City, the Rapids in Minnesota is the most well-rounded group. And it also has the most personality because all of those teams all have... um, pretty interesting relationships and longstanding relationships with each other that aren't necessarily pushed by the league. Um, but I think that real major league soccer fans can appreciate that. Sure. What about, <clears throat> we haven't really talked a whole lot about the East yet. Um, is there a group from the East that, but I mean, I guess group C since you're a DC United fan uh, obviously stands out to you and um, you know, but what uh, does, which other Eastern Conference games are you going to be looking at or groups are you going to be looking at? So this is what I was thinking. When I'm looking at group, what is this, E, with Atlanta, Cincinnati, the Red Bulls, and Columbus, I I am pretty much set on the idea that Atlanta will make it out of that group, um, even without Martinez. They've had a pretty solid um, squad and have worked, they've all worked together pretty well. Um, and I think PT will pr- probably step up to the plate. And they, I mean, I guess it's a superstitious thing, but they always do well in Orlando. Um, Columbus, I, I feel like the Red Bulls, I'm not going to say I, I know a ton about kind of the shift that they've gone through in the past year. They've always been a pretty solid team, and they, like Dallas, just have um, a pretty solid foundation so it's not like they're it's not like teams like Chicago who have just had such a jumble of an offseason and are starting what feels like almost a clean slate or Nashville and Miami in Group A who are like really starting brand new um, I think they'll perform well the thing here is Cincinnati is almost a bust um, Columbus though it really depends. I, in my mind, I thought it depends on how uh, how well Columbus does. I think that they're they're one of, they're a, they're what I consider a pretty solid middle of the road team. But they have the benefit of starting this tournament playing Cincinnati. So does that give them the confidence boost that they need? I would hope so. Um, but they're one of those people. One of those people. One of those teams that I consider relatively solid from top bottom in the formation so am i excited to watch that group not really i are people going to pay attention to that group because it has atlanta in it yes um and i think atlanta and the red bulls will probably be the best game to watch um in that in the first series of games um but this group a is such a cluster cuss um and i don't when i first looked at it i thought okay Miami, I think, could perform well for no other reason than it's just a, a group of good players on the same team. So kind of like a national team being thrown together for um, a friendly. 
Philadelphia is solid. New York is solid. Orlando, I, I mean, it's pretty easy to pretty easy to predict how they perform um, throughout the season. But there are tiers here, and I would put New York and Philadelphia in the top tier of that group. Miami towards the top of the second tier. Nashville, I would honestly put there too because I think there is promise, and they have um, when we're thinking about games if it's like who's scoring more than who I think Nashville's back line will probably save them more than their forwards will but you're betting on you're betting on uh Walker Zimmerman then huh I am yes and I think Dax McCarty though too uh his he's a little bit he's better at defending and I think keeping pace with a team that's new um I like I said, I, I can't – sometimes I want to pay more attention to the two games that they played than I probably should. But when I'm thinking about the chaotic mess that this whole tournament feels like and you're looking for something to ground you, a guy like Dex McCartney is definitely who you want to have on your team. Um, and then Chicago. These are this is what I actually remember from the start of the season is that they have they signed a handful of players in mid to late February. Guys who didn't even play um, any preseason, who didn't do any sort of warming up with the team. Um, you've got Jimenez, who's a defensive or holding mid. Um, I'm going to butcher this last name, Boris Sekulik. Who plays defense? He signed in mid-February. Um, Ignacio Aliceda, he signed in mid-February. And then Stojanovic also signed in mid-February. None of those guys played any sort of preseason with the team, have had any sort of chance to warm up and win. Uh, half of them, I I would say, are defensive. Most of them are defensive players. Um, when you're looking for guys to like hold on uh, when the rest of the team is getting tired, and none of those guys have had a chance to really get to know the squad. That's great for uh, if you're trying to build a, a long-term identity or style with the team, but when you're trying to hammer out this many games in a month, I just don't think it's going to do it for Chicago. So they'll play. I think they'll have a, a, a fun time, get to know each other in Orlando, but they'll go back home pretty soon, if I had to guess. So it's a, it really, like... Hey, it depends on if a Philadelphia decides to show up. They had their open cup run. They've had a number of years where they've done so much better. They've they've built on kind of like FC Dallas does. They've built on this great academy that they have. Um, they've spent money on on bigger players in in recent history, but it just depends. It, it depends on what kind of day they're having. Um, so I don't necessarily want to pay attention to that group Group A from the start. I want to see who comes out of it and then pay attention. Um, it's <laughs> it's kind of like a presidential primary when you have 20 candidates running. You're like, just cut out some of the excess and like come back to me when I can actually like watch and not feel overwhelmed is how I feel about Group A. Um, but, and I'll, I'll uh, stop talking in just a second, but this Group C, it's tough. I love DC United, but I'm going to be really honest we haven't talked about this new sub rule, the ability to, oh, yeah. to sub five players. Um, one of DC United's biggest problems is their coach. 
um, Ben Olson and the problem people have with Ben Olson is that he does not use subs to the extent that he should. Um, so shouldn't he have been fired like three years ago too? Shouldn't he have been fired three years? <laughs> three years ago was 2017. It's, it's funny. The one year where I think there were really grounds to fire him was 2013. And we finished what dead last in definitely in the conference, maybe in the entire league, but we won the open cup, Tristan. So uh, it, he redeemed himself. Yeah. You get a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Silverware cures all the all the ills. Yeah, which again, if we're talking about team longevity and and some sort of grounding force between, I think he's the second longest tenured coach in the league behind Peter Vermees with Sporting Kansas City, yeah. and Peter Vermees has had. I mean, I don't have the data at the top of my head, but last I think year was bad. Way more success, but yeah, oh yeah, every last year, year before bad. that has been great. Right. Sorry, um, so you think he's going to not know how to make a sub or forget that he can make five? He needs a good number two is what you're trying to say. I don't even know if he really – maybe he is fully um, aware that this is an issue he has and doesn't care. Maybe he gives his players the same um, long – like maybe too long of a chance that a lot of people have given him as a coach. But I remember in reading, I can't remember when it came out, Andrew Wiebe had his little predictions for how the the tournament was going to go. And he called DC United the dark horse. Um, And he mentioned that he was talking about Julian Gressel, which I was so excited for this, um, for this news when they said Julian Gressel was going to come and play for DC United the problem is Ben puts him in the middle and in Atlanta, he was uh, uh, on the wing and the balls that he uh, lobbed into the box and the crosses that he made were so fantastic. Um, and he hasn't done that for us yet. He hasn't been given the opportunity. He just kind of hangs out in the middle. And I feel like because of that, his ability has just been totally stunted. Um so between that and and this this issue that that Ben Olsen has making subs, I think he'll be more inclined to do that again because of the the lack of the expected or anticipated lack of fitness one and and two just the fact that it's going to be so so hot. But I know we beat Miami, but we had a really really rough start to the year, and it it looked great on paper to have beat them. But I watching the game was just really disappointed with how we did. I think our only saving grace is going to be our back line and Bill Hamid. Um, Because our center back, Birnbaum, and Bill Hamid are the two um, players on the team that have played the longest for us. And they play in the positions most close together on the field. So in times where the rest of our team may be tired or maybe lacking creativity, you'll see a lot of pressure put on Bill Hamid. I think he'll be making far more saves than we will be taking shots on goal. Who's going to fill the Wayne Rooney forehead sized hole up top? (laughs) Um, Well, he, who's going to fill it? If, if you're talking about who's going to fill it with a similar style, I really don't think we've got anyone that could do that, but 
and in terms of people who could actually do something for us offensively, we've got Ola Kamara, um, who I'm waiting to return back to his like Columbus pre-transfer form. form. Um, and we've got Edison Flores, who was a pretty big signing for us that I haven't seen him do much yet. Um, but I'm hoping that, that something at least by the end of this year, we'll be able to see, um, see that the problem is, and I meant to check this before we spoke, Paul Ariola, who's been a really awesome, um, playmaker for us, play builder, I would say, tore his ACL before the season started. And I, I highly doubt that he's coming back, but the issue for us, even before we had a conversation about what to do up way up top was like, how do you fill, how do you fill that void? Because if you don't, if, if you don't even give yourself the chance as a team to get to the box, then it doesn't really matter who's up top. Um, and Paul Ariola has always been that for us. So I, I think that there was an attempt to kind of make Julian Gressel pick up that his role and then this center midfield role, but it just hasn't worked out yet. So for those reasons, I could see best case scenario DC being a team that continues, but I would not be surprised if they don't. I hate saying that out loud, but that's just how I feel. <laughs> now you know how we feel. I mean, it'll all be over in August, and then that's true. And then you'll be able to say, "Well, we didn't win the tournament, but 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 we have the regular season, and maybe this will be like a shift for MLS." I think people are underestimating like some of the small like sporting leagues like the MLS should take this as an opportunity to like really think about like when should we start our season? When should we um, run our contracts through? I mean, instead of having these weird mid season gets with like South Americans and some of the Europeans that come over in like July, like they should use this as a chance to maybe like reset the schedules for some of these. Now, do you mean reset schedule? Does that also mean the like change MLS's schedule to match everyone else's? Yeah, so we're not starting in March because I have opinions about that. Uh, I don't think that it's viable. Exactly, that's a whole other pod. But yes, yeah, I just I it's it's tough because we're getting into this conversation too. I I blink and a month goes by this year. I feel. Where, I mean, these issues that MLS is having with COVID are also going to start affecting college football and the NFL. And that... that, Those aren't happening, though. It makes me nervous, though. I honestly think that it might. I mean, when do you start reporting as as a college football player to your campus? August. I, I think some of them are still there and some of them have like, yeah. and like UT <laughs> like, came back and they were like, they were like 20 of us have it. And they're like, all right, that's like a fifth of the team. So that's why I'm saying they could seize the moment, right? Like what are the sports where that's you true. don't like MLS teams can travel with like less than 40 people of the entire club and still be a viable team. Whereas all of the other sports, I think NBA can get away with like 35, maybe 40. And, but like every other sport besides like non-individual sports, um, all the non-individual, the team sports, 
like have to have these massive squads, right? And so like no one's gonna watch baseball anymore. Like baseball's dead. And like oh, college really football hurts. college okay, football is gonna be the first. most vulnerable because like I mean, you're literally pimping out players for your like season ticket subscribers and the donors. So like I think MLS should really capitalize on the spotlight and say, hey, we're not golf, but like we can definitely like here's our personalities, like follow and like check this out, right? And and do as much as they can to accommodate that. I think it was a little bit ill sighted to go to um Orlando at the end of the day. Um it made sense back in like late April, May-ish, when they were saying, where can we find fields and hotels? Um, But I think what you're seeing is all you really need is like a small infrastructure to house people, have a TV broadcast station, but you don't even have to have like the full broadcast, broadcast crew on site, right? Like we could have it could be remote. And so that's why I think that the West coast teams are smart to like not come until the very end, because I think they're kind of thinking, look, if this gets canceled, like we don't want players to have to be quarantined when they come home or whatever it is, because they're coming back from Florida and people from Florida get quarantined in certain States. So I think there's like different levels of caution and, from a sporting perspective, you just want games to put on TV so you can get paid. But at the same time, I think that if you look at the different sports, what sport's more likely? A sport that has 120 in the party of traveling team or a sport that has 35? And so I think MLS should like really think about that for a second. Because, I mean, I love watching quarantine soccer. Like, it's great. There's nothing better. Do you- no, no, hold on, hold on, Tristan. Do you watch the natural sound version or the stadium noise I swear version? Oh my god, I hate stadium noise. I, I watch the natural. I, yeah, yeah. The stadium noise is thank weird. Thank you. It's creepy because you're like, that kind of sounds like it should be happening, but like, how did somebody do that? Like, it's just weird because they're not there. It was like really hard. Yeah, it was really hard for my daughters to wrap their heads around like. But I hear people, but there's nobody in the stadium. What's happening, Dad? Yeah, I mean... When you think about when I watch, mostly when I watch Premier League, because I don't really have a team, but even now when I'm watching MLS and there's two games going on at a time, when you're multitasking like that, you rely heavily on crowd noise to know when a play is building or when a near miss happens. And uh, I'm watching these NWSL games, and for whatever reason, whatever crowd noise they downloaded to use sounds super staticky and so it almost sounds there's no there the reaction to is so delayed that i will turn away and something will have happened and it'll take about three to five seconds for even the fake crowd noise to register to then tell me that like hey something happened so um so my only experience so far has been the Bundesliga, um, uh, Fox Sports, and I, I thought it was really good. And in the case of the Bundesliga, they did it well. Yeah, they, they actually yeah. They, they were actually using recordings from previous games where those two teams played, right? So it was actual recordings from you know that that, that 
you know, uh, fans of that team, right? Um, and I think they did a fantastic job. I haven't watched some of the other ones, so I think if it, if it was, it's one of those things. If it was bad, it'd be super noticeable. Uh, but at least in that case, you know, they did a good job. The, yeah, I agree. The, yeah, the way they do right. it. Well, was... <laughs> Dustin, Dustin's like we're like way off topic. He's like a. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna steer us back here. Let's 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 do some. I'm sorry, some predictions. I can talk about this forever. It's a great appeal. <laughs> I'm just saying. No. <laughs> it, it is a it is a hot topic. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, yes, sure. If you, if you got, let's uh, yeah, let's 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 go back and let's talk a little bit about FC Dallas comes last in the group. They don't win a game. They lose all of them. They score one goal. It's a penalty. Um. That's what I think will happen. I don't think and they play. Michael Barrios grows an inch shorter. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> that might I don't be think. Impossible. I don't the think they play, man. Higher at sea level. Dude, they don't play. Like, All right. they're not going to play. So, assuming, let, let's let's put our positivity. I'm the negative Nancy. <laughs> you, you, Tristan is our resident cynic. <laughs> um, let's. Uh, Let's assume that the tournament happens, and let's assume that we're able to get some good games in here. Who do you guys have in the final, and who do you have winning? We'll start with you, Jonathan. Wow, a final and a win, huh? This is such it's such a crapshoot, dude. We've uh, with with this tournament, um, so I'm just gonna make something up. I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna go uh, Seattle AFC because why not? Seattle and Atlanta? No, Seattle LAFC. Oh, LAFC. Sure one. Can can no one knows. There's two it's not that there. simple. It's like you gotta know the match numbers. Oh, and then yeah, how they play again. I mean it's yeah, uh, the depending on like if you're really if you're confusing. first or second or if you're the third breaker break tie, then you play this group. It's wait, hold on. It's I'm trying complex. to figure Shane, it out. Have, hold on. Cheyenne, you have a, a tournament bracket set up. How does how does it work up in the we, – we have not covered the, the knockout rounds. How does that work? <laughs> That's a really good question. So the here's here's my gripe, MLS. You got a lot of things that are like moving parts, but the one thing that actually isn't that difficult is a bracket. However, they came out with one bracket image or graphic that they tweeted, and – it doesn't explain the round of 16, like who plays who. They also have a website landing page where you can sign up to participate in their bracket, but that bracket that you'd fill out where it would explain that isn't available yet. So that was actually one thing that I thought about before we started was, well, what the heck, once these guys get to the round of 16, where do they, where do they go? And I don't think I've ever paid attention. No, to it's like a it's, it's like cup. a spider web. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on which seed you have. You play a different person in yeah. a different group, and then with the weird third place tie things, you, right. you know, if you're third place in a group, you have no idea where you're going to end up. So, I mean, I so had to Google is, round of sixteen before this just to make sure. Just I to find out how many how, how many how many teams were in it. <laughs> All right. Like how? So does I think the point here. <laughs> the point here is that. We, who knows? It's gonna be it's gonna be entertaining just watching how the thing even works in the end. <laughs> you just want to put us on record saying something it, ridiculous. Yes, that's the well, exactly and MLS listens plan. to us, Cheyenne. So they heard your feedback. Oh yeah, I was hearing like this sort of wiretap. Yeah, Don Garber's like your prediction, Jonathan could could work. 
Thank you. Tristan's the accountant. He's probably over there following I, the brackets. I, I just I'm, I decided I would choose one team. Yeah. You know, I got one, a tax debt. Which is which is which is kinda weird because you know, you know <laughs> I, I grabbed two West teams, but you know what? I think you could actually happen in this tournament. So Yeah, no, it could. <laughs> they have to one of them has to come second or third. But yeah. Interesting. Honestly, it's, if I was gonna guess on the West, I would also say Seattle. On the East, I'm gonna say not Atlanta. Ooh. That's you're not gonna, you're not gonna give the shout out for DC United, and you're like you're just gonna go all in. I think NYC I'm rooted in reality. Yep. I think NYC I've actually yeah has a good chance. Like they they feel like they're constantly the bridesmaid and never the or the what's it called? You're not the bride or whatever. You're but, not only botching the phrase, but you're also using it on a team that's been around less than ten years. Yeah, but they've always been really like fun <laughs> to watch. Like they've not ever oh, had absolutely. a bad team. Well, I think the the real big question is how. What's the size of the fields at Disney World? Oh yeah, that's it's Disney well, are they man. Feel home? They're, it's amazing. I thought well, they were actually... using those extra baseball fields. Yeah, that's where they play their 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 home matches. I think that's that's true. Yeah, I think I saw that. I think see, I think you got to go into it saying who's the t- team with like the least amount of injuries and or positive coronavirus cases, and that instantly is like a big factor. And then you say who's had good tournament results, right? Because the MLS playoffs is always criticized as it's not a fair and accurate representation of who was the best team over the course of the season, right? That's why you have the supporter shield. And whoever wins that, like we won that in 16. And like, I thought that was the best team in the league, but we didn't win the MLS cup. Right. Instead, you have teams like Seattle that go on these runs. Now three group games is a little short to go on a run, but I think a team like Seattle could get, get going. I think Colorado is not a bad shout to like make a deep run just because they've want to continue some form, but I think you really the LAFC and LA Galaxy teams really do have really good coaching, really good squads. I think LAFC is pretty dangerous. Um, we've seen in the leagues that have started, teams with really good attacks tend to do really well. I think that's one of the reasons, like less like Leicester City has a very fragile attack in the Premier League, and they've looked incredibly fragile since they restarted. Um, on the East. NYCFC is a really good shout just because they have a really like easy group to get out of. I think Philadelphia Union could be pretty dangerous if they start to click. They've had some good that is That is my dark horse pick, actually, is the Philadelphia it's Union. Marco Fabian they, action. Yeah, they you know they he lost FC Dallas to the opening. Anymore, I don't think. Am I crazy? No, you might be right. Well, let's just assume you, I am. You would probably... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I actually, that's, again, another topic uh, topic for another time, but a, a very unfortunately underutilized asset for them, um, given the injuries he, he battled last he year. He did. He went to, uh, he's out in Saudi Arabia now. Oh, that's fun for him. Yeah, there's what a lot of people that speak Spanish out there, so. Well, he'll uh, he'll be able to play in the. I heat. hear they have great tacos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Philadelphia lost to FC Dallas, but then they took they had that thriller three uh, three draw with LAFC, and they took LAFC right to the end. And we talked about the set pieces being important, scoring goals. 
Yeah, right? well, the thing the um the thing that I remember the most about the first two games was that defender for uh, Philadelphia that had that banger uh, set piece. Oh yeah, man, that seems like literally five years ago. That's yeah. Philadelphia has has all of the makings. It just it depends, um, and I think given their making the playoffs, the fact that they've had some really solid performances, consistently solid performances, and the fact that they made it as far as they did in the Open Cup pretty recently. And that's honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, the Open Cup is not the worst um, comparison here because it's such a weird, does it matter, does it not matter kind of we're going to throw whatever lineup we can at this thing and see what works type situation. And because of the new sub rule and some of the other um, circumstances of this tournament, I could see, I could see the, uh, the same thing happening here. Cool. Well, it's going to be certainly interesting to see what happens in the tournament um, I think we should probably wrap it up here and and let the, the play on the field prove us all wrong about all of this. Hopefully there is play on the field. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, Cheyenne, how, thanks for joining us. I'm so – I love doing this. I, again, every time I do a podcast, I'm like, I, why do I do a video? I, I didn't even have to brush my hair for this. Same. <laughs> I didn't brush my hair either, but that's because I just put a hat on. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's the go-to move. Uh, so, so where can we where can we find you and and um, hear what you have to say? Yes, so I'm on both Instagram and Twitter at btwn clean sheets. I think um, my play for the remainder of the year is to kind of transition from Twitter to Instagram in my like non YouTube space. But YouTube is where I'll do the meat of my work and the most in depth conversations uh, will be had on YouTube. So that's also just search for between clean sheets. Um, I won't necessarily be doing this kind of prediction or conversation about the tournament, but um, definitely the bracket and then then some other just conversations about uh, players and how they're doing throughout the tournament is definitely something I, I plan to do. So it's more the the people side of things. Yeah, the people side of things. Um, just I think me as a fan enjoying the game um, or the games, the tournament as, as it's progressing and, and also kind of giving people a very simplified version of what's going on, given that we're already consuming so much news. It would be best understood if, if it was just given to people straight. So that's the plan here. Make MLS as easy as possible for soccer fans in general to become fans of. That's my, that's my goal on uh, between clean sheets. Also hoping for some clean sheets during the tournament for DC United, for nobody else but DC United. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, you can find us on the internet, DallasSoccerShow.com. On Twitter is at DallasSoccerShow. Uh, if you like this episode, you can uh, please hit slap that good old subscribe button on your podcast application of choice. Um, check out our previous episodes. We've got, like Tristan said, we've got episodes where we interview players like 
uh, Jimmy Maurer, and um, we had we talked about tactics last week with Joe Joseph Lowry um, of the Athletic Podcast, one of the Athletic Podcasts. So um, definitely go back, check those out as well. All in your preparation for MLS is back, and hopefully we will talk to you soon about an FC Dallas game. Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.